0: Hello, Joe Black here. Um, we are back for Joe Black Meets uh, Episode 2 and I am joined by the glorious Mason Alexander Park. Um, I just want to start by by saying uh, thank you all for the uh, reception and the support on the Joe Lice episode and that the fact that uh, this podcast um, happened um it's been really really lovely and i didn't expect it it was very much a passion project um where i just sort of wanted to do it and i didn't expect it to be received as well as it is but of course that's a lovely surprise and i'm very very pleased so please do continue um <coughs> rating and 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 subscribing and please sharing the and sharing the word spreading the word all of that sort of stuff um yeah it's i'm i'm, I'm overjoyed so thank you all very much um and as before uh, there is no sponsor at this point of this intro recording, so if you do want to support me, I'm on tour with my show, Club Cataclysm, across the UK and Ireland in October and November. Tickets available for my website, that's mrjoblack.com. um, that's M-I-S-T-E-R, not just M-R, and also at the time of recording this, The The Sandman was not released on Netflix, so there's not, not any spoilers for it, but we do talk about The Sandman with Mason, who is, of course, playing the part of Desire of the Endless. Um... So yes, I should just hand us over to me and Mason now. This was so fun to record. Hope you love it. Okay, right here we go. Goodbye. Hello, <laughs> <laughs> hello, 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 hello. So you are you're in the United Kingdom. Uh, which non-binary <laughs> adaption character are you here to take now you are dominating the market which which anime graphic novel cartoon uh you know sci-fi reboot non gender specific <laughs> character are you doing this you're not leaving room for any other non-binary actor <laughs> uh, the, the the gender non-conforming role was it's you um, you know you've 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 killed everyone else
2: I murdered them all um <laughs> Yeah, well, it really it really helps. Yeah, if you if you just kill the competition, I yeah. find <laughs> just hoping Ezra Miller fucks up one more I, time. All I need is one more arrest, and then I think I'm I'm the new Flash. I think that's how <laughs> I think that's how it works. Um, <laughs> I honestly, the uh, I'm I'm very interested in this new Doctor Who cast. I think that it's really cool that the two new like very poignant characters mm-hmm. are are played by you know such visibly queer people as well as like you know being queer outwardly in, in real life it's just cool that the characters themselves it's like probably going to be very hard so what, to hide their queerness what we're saying is you're looking at me there's a hunger in your eyes and you're yeah. thinking I'm you know people at the
0: BBC Joe <laughs> you know people at the BBC they may not take you seriously but you know people at the BBC you go to Give those people yeah. and you say i've got a friend yeah i got a friend they do act they've done sci-fi they're ready Mm-hmm. They're willing and they're able. That's what you want to happen, isn't it? Quite
2: That's exactly. Uh, that's the only reason that I'm here right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's the only reason. You're, so you're not you're not in the UK for working. We've, no, we're <laughs> here to, to lobby for a job <laughs> through you. <laughs> and um, we uh, well, you're, you're, we're not, you're for fun. You're yeah. for fun.
2: Yes, I am actually here for fun. I'm here with uh, my partner. Is shooting a series um, for. For the BBC and Disney Plus, and so I am just here kind of being the housewife on set, like, <laughs> just <laughs> hanging cheer- around. Cheerleading at yeah. the side.
0: You were saying we, we uh, you know, of course we should have recorded everything, but we were uh, went for lunch earlier, <laughs> and you were saying that you're being very helpful uh, with, with Alice, and uh, was I okay? And you go, yeah you not your best work. <laughs> um, so you're, you're you're here as a grounding.
2: Yes, you you gotta you gotta keep people grounded, you know. And 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 a great technique is just to really shit on them. <laughs> <laughs> Any just shit, fuck like, him right out. Destroy them. No, Alice is so funny because she's um, really grown a lot. Like in. In all the times that I've come and like spent time with them on set, um, I, I I've loved watching kind of. Them metamorphosize in a strange way, you know. She's like much more receptive to me being around now, and like actively wants feedback, <laughs> which is maybe terrifying at times because I'm like, "Do you want me to be honest?" Or do you? Which is amazing because you know I think that you want she's, you want the nice answer. or do you, you want, want the, the true. You, answer? you want the true answer. Um, she's a remarkable actor, though, so it makes it very easy to sort of just be like, "Yeah, that was awesome. That was so cool." And the projects that you know that they're working on right now are really really fun and very like very cool to be around so it it makes it it makes like long days on set kind of being the wifey wench you know in the corner like it makes it a lot of fun because i get to watch and cool you can shit. take it
0: all in it's nice to see yeah. other people work as well and seeing their um, yeah. their process but you so the, the last time i saw you uh not not this time you were in london uh you were over filming uh, a series that by the time this comes out is soon going to be out. Yeah. Um. But we'd we'll get to that in a second. But we so we were on we followed each other on Instagram, and I don't actually know how that started.
2: Well, you were, and and through some research uh, in the latter years, I realized you were one of the first people that I ever followed on Instagram back in like 2012. My goodness. Yeah. It was when I was in high school. Like, towards the end of high school, it would have been 2012, I like, my last year, um, I was in the middle of, like, re- I had just watched a bunch of Drag Race, and, like, I was finally uh, having, like, an understanding, I think, of things that I enjoyed about drag as an art form and also just kind of about like performance art and theater. And I remember like falling in love with cabaret, the musical, and falling in love with all of these different things around that time and kind of like wanting to do Rocky Horror and wanting to do all of these very specific kind of gender fucky, you know, musicals. Oh, we'll talk about lifetime. how that turned out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and I somehow came across your Instagram around that time. Because I literally, like if you go back, Instagram will show you chronologically who you followed. And it's like friends from high school, friends from high school, maybe like 30 people, Joe Black. Friends from high school, friends from high school. And I, because re- I remember I saw an image of you in like the high-waisted pant with like the fur stole kind of a thing and a cigarette and a top hat, I think. Mm. And I remember just being like, oh my God, that's an, a- like that is a really cool aesthetic. And I saw that you just had all of this, like you were a, a well-rounded performer that d- you weren't d- just like. I didn't know this. I did. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't remember how it happened. Yeah. <laughs> I remember for the both of us. Because well,
0: <laughs> uh, uh, then, you know, we, we had spoken a, a bit and then you just sort of randomly messaged me. I think maybe, maybe I replied to something and you went, oh, by the way, I'm going to be in London. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's do something. So we did. Yeah. And uh, I was asked, oh, so why, why are you here? And you were like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm overshooting uh, Netflix's adaption of The Sandman. And I was like, right now I'm I'm familiar with that. Um, and you're, wh- wh- what what what's the character? And you're oh, desire. I was like, ah, oh, that sounds gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> very, I'm very unfamiliar with the, the the source material, and I've since uh, re- researched. I've I've uh, looked the the audible. Um, other places are available. Um, <laughs> no, it's only available on Audible. Actually. Yeah. Audible actually um, researched it and. Uh, looked into it and that and it is ever so exciting now I'm like it's nice because I think you've given me you gave me the excuse to like read into it and now I'm very excited Mm. about it because there's like a friend of mine is in it and then looking into it I'm like this is very me I don't know why I never it's because I never read graphic novels that was never my uh, or comic books that was never my thing Um, but now it's obviously being turned into a series uh, and they did the audible um, dramatization and you are um, sexy and evil, essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah a little, a
2: little, uh, a little bit of everything. It's, it's the fun thing about the endless, you know, the family that is the Sandman books kind of, you know, are centered around as seven siblings. And, um, for those of you at home listening um, who haven't read it, but the, uh, the, the endless, they are anthropomorphic, you know, representations of, of a, a a thing and uh, part uh, of the human or, condition or, yeah, yeah human
0: condition or all the world
2: exactly and so we're all you know representative of the thing and also the thing and also characterizations of that and so when you're kind of like trying to map out you know what the character does or or who the character is uh, really, you just kind of have to like break it down to the very thing that you're discussing. And so like desire is such a fickle, like it can be anything. It's going yeah, be that's, positive. Yeah, that's and what I've learned is that yeah. it's
0: uh, learning like dream. It's not just the fact of just dreaming. It's that dreams create things and, yeah. and it affects the real world. And desire is like a base thing. It's not just desire is in lust. Yes. Uh it's just there's so many facets of uh, of all of it and, and 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 you're in it i mean it's not out at the moment uh so we i guess we can't say say too much, but it's yeah. um it's very uh accurate to the the graphic novel, the original source material,
2: yeah, I mean you know they've we've uh, there's a lot of first look stuff out there um that's sort of i think given people an idea uh or or a clue as to how. Visually accurate, you know, certain things are. And we, there were many scenes where we would take panels from the actual comics and kind of refer to the choreography or refer to the visual element of, you know, the world that we had already were in the midst of building, but using that to kind of like, be the the magic dust that you pour mm-hmm. on top of it at the end, where you're like, okay, okay, and now, like, do the thing that's kind of in in this panel, because eagle-eyed fans or people who j- even just like kind of you know are familiar with imagery from it might it might evoke a memory of being like, oh, I remember when I first read it and I saw you know Desire in the catsuit like laying on their back, well, and also, like we do that. Well, <laughs> it's it's it,
0: I mean, if, it's such a striking image. Is that also for people like me who are not familiar with mm-hmm. it? that will maybe see this and then go back right they'll that moment like they if it's you know it's such a such a striking thing and that was one of the images that was released was you lounging back mm-hmm. uh with, with the carriers and <laughs> uh like uh, um was that and then that image they'll then look back and go ah and it will They'll remember that from the show and then see it in the thing. And it's I again because I because I don't read a lot of graphic novels mm-hmm. or, or comic books, so I get excited enjoying a character in something, and then finding out where they're from. So as an example, like Agatha in One Division. <laughs> like yeah. I don't not comic books. They're not there. And then when you know she says, "I'm Agatha Harkness, dear," I paused it. And I was like, right, I'm going to see why this is important. Because that felt like a moment. I looked right. it up and I was like, ah, now I can see why this is very exciting. And then she sang a lovely song. Um, a but we'll, we'll, we'll come back to Sandman. Because there's a journey before that. You said, you know, you got into cabaret and, and mm. Rocky Horror and all of those sort of roles. And again, you're not leaving room for anyone else to breathe. Because you are taking those roles, aren't you? <laughs> you've been Frankenfurter. You've been Hedwig. You've been the MC in cabaret. You've been an evil maid in... Uh, <laughs> Uh, Evil nanny in Mary Poppins. Yeah, um, that's not on your on your credit list necessarily. I, I don't, you know, that's not one of the first ones that pop up. Um, I don't know. Were you hiding that? No, that was. <laughs> <how> I,
2: <laughs> I was really. I was so proud of that show. Um, it was how I got my equity card, like back in the states. It was the first really like big professional, you know, musical that I had ever been a part of, and I. Um, I'm not really right for Mary Poppins. There's no like role <laughs> that you would put this. me in. So nowadays, you're like, I'm playing the the manifestation
0: of desire, but I used to be.
2: Yeah, in but Mary I used Poppins. to be an eighty year old uh, nanny in Mary Poppins. Um, I I just you know like I wouldn't play any of the traditional gendered roles and i think that it what was really cool it was it came to me at a part of my life where i was sort of toying with gender in 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 more of a drag context more of a performance artist context and less like in day to day you know i was kind of like an androgynous human but i wasn't necessarily like identifying with certain terminology um or anything that would like explain my my current you know expression <laughs> I that. anything that would let people know what is going on correct yeah yeah I think I just left them with the uh, with all the question marks in their in their mind good but uh, as as one should um, but uh, I auditioned for you know the, it was Pittsburgh CLO and I like auditioned for this. Musical summer season—you kind of like go in for the whole like season of musicals, and they try to see where they can slot you in. And they were doing like the Wedding Singer, and I would have been like a perfect boy George in the Wedding Singer, <laughs> and that didn't happen. But the uh, director of Mary Poppins, who had done it before, I guess she had always sort of had this dream that someone really scary would play the nanny because it is a kind of spooky role, and she's mean and aggressive. Well, for, and...
0: for people who aren't familiar, yeah. in the the. She's sort of not really in the film. She sort of briefly comes out and uh, she like passes them on the stairs and storms out. But in the, So I'm not that familiar with the stage show version. So I found it because I was researching villain songs for my villain show. And they have a, a brilliant song called Brimstone and Treacle. <laughs> <Yes>. uh, <laughs> so yeah, it's ve- it's very like... Imagine the, the the most stereotypical, oh I'm evil, yeah. but I'm also a normal person. Evil. <laughs> uh, that, that that you know, there's nothing magical about <laughs> right. them. They're, they're, they're just a very mean old woman, right? Yes, yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. She's like because she the, the, the idea is that it's Mrs. Mr. Banks' nanny from when he was a kid. And so he's in his fifties. And so she's like 70. Um and uh, and and is just mean and hard and and in the, in the story of, of like the musical, basically the end of act one, is Mary Poppins abandoning the family. She's like, I'm out of here, y'all are all kinds of fucked up, and I'm, I'm going. And like, Can you imagine? I wish you, she said You're all kinds of fucked, fucked
0: up. up. I'm off. <laughs> Mary, out. Tell you.
2: Yeah, no, she just like straight up abandons the children and the family. <laughs> fuck you, <laughs> fuck you, and fuck you. Puff of smoke. <laughs> um, but so then the second act begins with everybody being like what are we gonna do Mary Poppins hates us like we need a new nanny and so they call Mr. Banks's nanny because uh, Mrs. Banks is like I've heard all of these great stories about about this woman we should just have her come back and then she uh, appears and is like Satan you know and, <laughs> and they're like oh my god we we fucked up big time and so she gets we that made grade. a mistake yeah we made a mistake <laughs> and that's when Brimstone and Treacle like comes in and then there's like another another song and then Mary Poppins like literally kills her and then it's the end. With singing. Yeah, they, they have a sing-off. It's a bit of a. It's, it's a bit of but a. But everyone's sing-off.
0: trying to get higher and higher. It's like Christine in Phantom of the Opera yeah. when they keep going, keep singing. She goes, "Oh,
2: yeah!" But it's it's that, <laughs> and,
0: and it just it's it's so ridiculous. And this it, it is available on. You can you can find this sunlight. So brimstone and treacle, and then there's brimstone and treacle part two. I think yeah. it's probably called. Cool. Uh, and it's but I'm 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 finding it hard to imagine you as a sort of 70, 80 year old old northern woman. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because I don't know what you did about the accents. Oh um, no,
2: it was it was. Really, it was pretty good. I'll find a video and I'll send it to you. Um, it was hilarious. Little children and
0: have been spoiled.
2: Yeah, it was <laughs> insane and very intense. But I was I was eighteen years old, um, or uh, I think turning nineteen that summer, and so it was like really one of my first experiences in in that big of a you know professional production with a bunch of like Broadway talent and that kind of thing. Um, and it was a really yeah, it was weird and kind of i think set this now expectation that i'm living up to of like doing very strange like kind of dastardly characters that are not assigned any specific sort of sense of gender <laughs> what? Uh, i mean from
0: so evil maid to wh- which which one came next was it rock no. Yeah, I did yeah, Rocky. Rocky Horror
2: uh, next a few times, and I had done it in like, high school. I we did a production of it. But Were you Frank um, and Fett there as well. Yeah, I was. I, I You've been, been typecast. I get so I'm <laughs> so locked in, but yeah, I uh, I've done Frank about four times now, um, and uh, one of those was high school, and the rest was all professional. Um, and uh, and so Frank would have been next, and then. I did like a show called Alter Boys, which is about like a, like a Christian boy band, um, for right. about six months.
0: You weren't evil in that one, no, no. no that's I was,
2: why I was sweet. Oh, I was so gentle. That's why in that we don't hear about that? That's why no one hears yeah. about it. Yeah, <laughs> I was a sweet, gentle, like closeted um, uh, gay kid that sort of like has this incredible um, sort of "Am I? and I, I am and blah, 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 and I am telling you" uh, <laughs> moment. Like it's very the big 11 o'clock number and there's so many references to all the great divas and the song is structured where like the character's finally going to tell the audience you think that they're finally going to come out and instead they just come out as a catholic and it's so stupid. <laughs> it's like all of this build up and, and all the innuendos are like very gay, you know? And you're kind of like, oh my God, finally, they're going to tell us. They're going to tell us that Mark has been gay all along. And then he's like, I'm a Catholic. <laughs> <That's> well, <laughs> absolute <laughs> sacrilege. It's so sacrilege. The, uh, the
0: Christian rock stuff, a total curveball here. But I forget that like evanescence <laughs> is often used as like Christian rock. Yeah. Because when I think of Evanescence, I just think of kind of Naf Goth stuff. And I love right. it. And I, I say Naf Goth with all of the love in the world as a Naf Goth myself. Yeah, all Do you the know reference. the word Naf? I, th- I don't. Tell me more. Okay. Naf. Ah, it's a bit shit. <laughs> Essentially, is what Naf means. Ah. But it's not like that is shit. It's yeah. like, oh. It's oh. a bit. When something's a bit off, yeah, I bit Naf. Um, I I have to sometimes check when when, when talking to to, uh, you across the pond folk. Foreigners. Um, (laughs) Bloody Americans coming over here doing our Disney Plus series. Um, And Netflix. That's you. Alice is between you and
2: Alice. Between the two of us.
0: the Yeah, no, Evanescence, I always think of sort of as they're used in weird Christian rock bands a lot, aren't they? I thought yeah. bring me to life. Is you see these, like, if you search up for like covers of it, you just see these sort of Christian rock stars <laughs> in these stadiums going, How can you see into my <laughs> eyes? Um, uh, so then you did that. And then when, <coughs> right, so, Hedwig, <Henry laughs> well, see, this is this curveballs <laughs> happening there. When, so what Kate, so you did that. And then, is Hedwig
2: after the MC? Um, no, no. Hedwig was before. Hedwig would have been next. So I, I did all of that while I was in college. Mm-hmm. And and then I graduated school. Um, and part of the reason that I went to school was because of Hedwig, essentially. I, like, I had been working in television back in L.A. when I was in high school, doing, like, Nickelodeon, mm-hmm. you know, kind of
0: kid stuff. And is, uh, is this when we find that you were some... Really specific Nickelodeon character that people are like, are, are you a
2: meme or anything? I don't. I wish. No, I wish I could just like reveal that I was, you know, someone of any value. But I, I was, uh, no, I was very inconsequential in the Nickelodeon I, some, universe. Sometimes you meet people that, like, as a kid, did something really strange. Yeah.
0: So I mean, I don't know if you have it. So there's uh, Green Giant uh, canned vegetables in the yeah. UK, mm-hmm. and then I was at a meet and greet of a show and then it was this 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 two people and then the uh, one of them said uh, as a kid they were the uh, the kid from the green giant advert and then she was like say it say it and then he like said the line from it and i was like ah, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> and then we had a fight with them. so that's what i was imagining for you but i was oh, a nickelodeon kid and then maybe you turned out to be some like infamous
2: yeah no 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 <laughs> memes were made about me um i, I was on a few different uh, nickelodeon shows kind of at the same time playing Different characters, but they all were named Toby. Oh. Uh, which is why I ended up naming my cat Toby. Um, oh, so you,
0: I don't get a Toby vibe from you. I don't get a
2: Toby vibe from me either. But uh, apparently, casting directors did all oh. in the same like few months. Nice, and, uh, which was kind of hilarious. But they were all very like very queer, incredibly queer characters. That like you know you just didn't talk about it back you've been, then. They you've, just, been, you've
0: been typecast.
2: Yeah, it was very coded. Um, <laughs> but anyway,
0: yes. Head, sorry, I cut you off there just no, no, to no. talk about me, strange <laughs> children actors because <laughs> I, I, I thought there was
2: going to be a dramatic reveal. I'm so sorry. Carry <laughs> on. on. Delicious. Um but no yeah no dramatic reveal notwithstanding I basically uh came to like a crossroads in my own mind where I was like do I go and study theater and kind of take time off from television or do I do the thing that like I saw so many of my peers doing where they basically didn't go to college and they just stayed in Los Angeles and kept working as actors and I was like I could just do that um and then I found Hedwig and and Cabaret and and those kinds of things around the same time and there was a part of it that was like that's why I should go to school I should go to school to study be- like acting because there are actual roles in mm-hmm. the theater that I think I would really be good at and would really want to play and I feel like people like I you know people will take me a little more seriously if I go to a drama school and all yeah, of that yeah
0: I think characters like Hedwig particularly um, I mean Frankenfurter is a bit different because right. it's more like in your face uh, far more sexualized, whereas Hedwig is—I mean, uh, not to be offensive to Rocky Horror, but Frank doesn't have as much depth, right? Yeah, yeah I mean, they are—I mean, there is like a level of it, but they are essentially what they are. You <laughs> yeah, know, yeah. they are there. They're they're an alien that does the—they're sort of horrible to everyone, <laughs> and then wants to go home. You know, it, it, yeah. It, I mean, uh, that is fair, right? I think so. Yeah, and Hedwig is is so much more nuanced, and I think speaks. um more to people, in people's hearts, mm-hmm. uh, and I think a lot of a lot of queer people probably end up in theatre because of characters like Hedwig, and yeah. it's and then so that drew you to it, and then you ended up being Hedwig. But in in yeah. lots of iterations, so you were a you were an understudy,
2: right? For, yeah, I th- mean,
0: what's the yeah? I don't know in the order in which things went. No,
2: that would have been the first thing. I like I graduated school, and we um, like they take. A lot of musical theater programs take um, their graduating class to New York City and you do some sort of showcase for casting directors and, and different folks. So we had that. And the next day there was an open call for, like, that they were just seeing actors for Hedwig and the Angry Inch, And I was like, I'm going to go to that um, and just see. And I've never, I've known so few people that I've ever actually booked a job doing, like, an EPA, just doing, like, a very, you know, open call for equity um, it, when it comes to leading roles. I know it's it's easier for um, or, or at least it's more common for people to sort of slip in that way. If it's ensemble auditions, or if it's for supporting characters, but
0: I mean, it's a brutal industry. Isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's it's rough. It's <laughs> yeah. rough. It's hard out there.
2: So, but I was like, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go and see what happens. And. Uh, And there was like very few people there because it's, I think everyone probably had the same thought process. They were like, there's no, Neil Patrick Harris is doing this show, like Darren Chris, everyone was a star. There's no way they're going to take a pedestrian and like, let us play Hedwig. And so they gave me five minutes in the room to like just do what, to audition whatever I want. I gave them the choice of singing a song from Taboo uh, by Boy, Boy George. George yeah, years. which I had done for, you know, um, for my senior showcase. Or I could sing like a medley of songs from Hedwig that I had also put together, which I mean, it really wasn't. It was like two songs that kind of like ran into each other. I think it was Wicked Little Town into Hedwig's Lament. Um, oh, I love Hedwig's Lament. Uh, oh, it's so good. Yeah. Um, or I th- it might have been flipped, but nonetheless those two great songs and not the like showy rocky like insane rock and roll numbers they're both like the, 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 both of those are hard to do as well because yeah. that's like pure sadness yeah, it's pure emotion yeah and I was like well, yeah not sadness emotion yeah. right and and to me that felt like the stronger thing to lead with because I was super young I wasn't famous by any means but I knew that. The thing that I had that I thought was special about, you know, my experience with the character was how deeply I connected with her emotional journey and with like their experience as an individual, because I had very similar experiences as a visibly, you know, gender nonconforming person who didn't really feel like they fit in, in you know, any kind of category. And, uh, and so they sort of like, I gave them the option. They kind of like smugly were like, do the Hedwig song, you know, like, like expecting <laughs> Let's nothing. Let's see what yeah. you
0: got, you piece of
2: shit. Literally. that was You, <laughs> you.
0: peasant coming in <laughs> off the street. You wish to wear the Hedwig wig. Shame on you. Dance <laughs> for us. No, I'm sure they were lovely. Yeah, they were very <laughs> sweet,
2: but it did, it did carry a bit of like a test energy. And I was sort of like, can I use a chair? And I just pulled the chair into the middle of the room and I just sat down and I just sang the songs. Like, everybody before me, I could hear them screaming. They were just coming in and be like, yeah! <laughs> like, going like, straight away with midnight
0: radio. Yeah. Just these poor people who have been, you know, probably four auditions that right. day. Going,
2: yeah, you started! it! Like a- Literally. And so I was kind of like, let's give him something else. Like, let's bring it down. And afterwards, everybody was just like really quiet. And they were like, oh, um, well, that was... That was great. That was really lovely. Uh, we'll, we'll see. you. Like, let's. Okay, bye. You know, it was a very <laughs> uncomfortable ending. For Our them.
0: people will contact contextual people,
2: <laughs> <laughs> and so I, uh, I left and like I got a call literally an hour later from from my agent, um, and they were they were like Mason's, you know, amazing do you think that like we can, uh, have them come in on Friday for, you know, for a callback. And so they sent me all the material. It was like 20 pages of material. It was two huge monologues. And then like two of the songs, uh, tear me down and wicked little town, I think. And so, um, so I was like, sure. Yeah, I can do that. And I stayed in New York for the week so that I could go. It was a few days later. Um, And I did the, I was the first one. It's like bright and early in the morning. And as I was leaving on my way out, there were like, like I showed up in jeans and like a ratty sweater at literally 9am. And I did all the material and it was so much fun. I had a great time and they like hugged me and they were really unbelievably kind. And I left and every person, there were like three people waiting in full drag like ready to give a performance, but
0: that, see, this is 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 both good and bad. Yeah. they can see them from then that they enjoy the role, right? And it's but you you said that you in like a like a rip what a j- sweater jumper? Sorry, translating. Oh yes, the jumper. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm hoping this will be an international audience, so we we'll say
2: both sweater jumper, uh,
0: looking kind of grungy, I guess.
2: Yeah, no, very grungy. Uh,
0: and I, 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 you know, straight, just from you saying it straight away, I think that makes more sense Mm -hmm. because this is a real person and that's what they want they need someone who's a real person to do it and I wouldn't the dressing up as a character thing who was it I can never remember her name from Blade Runner who played Rachel oh oh god I can't remember the and I had spoken about this on another podcast that I was a guest on and her, her name escapes me but the woman who played Rachel in Blade Runner auditioned for Catwoman in Batman Returns, and uh, I'm not sure she's well. I will uh, preface with that. Um, and I think she turned up as Catwoman. Amazing. Uh, um, but I think they maybe, I can't, see I'm sure if with a little bit of research I'll be able to find it but I'm just, as, what I think happened is maybe they wouldn't really give her the time so she turned up at the studio dressed as Catwoman and tried to like Tackle Tim Burton to the floor. It was something, that might not be the exact, but it was re- a ridiculous oh. level of, and there's this bizarre, so I'm going off attention now, there's this bizarre clip of her like tap dancing on a talk show, um, and she does this like spoken word piece to the camera to Tim Burton, and then cracks a whip. It's all very strange. Oh, I'm going to, again, like, some of this may not be correct, but I remember seeing like my mind may have like morphed this into something <laughs> else um uh... But I mean, uh, talking to another guest earlier this week, I, I think I also sort of made up a TV series. That I think happened, so some <laughs> of it might be true, some of it might not. But it's okay. People enjoy these, and yeah. Joe's lost their fucking mind. <laughs> but anyway, yes, Ted up to Catwoman doesn't actually work out. Is the point I'm getting to? You turned up in a like looking very grungy and yeah. very real, and then <clears throat> there's all these people dressed as Hedwig outside. Um, yeah. In I believe New York.
2: I believe there was somebody there um, who's a well-known actor uh, who was painted by fame for the audition. Oh,
0: when when they were living in Missou,
2: yeah, uh,
0: they were living in New York, yeah. So people paid someone to get them in drag, Correct. To go to this audition,
2: yeah. Unless I, I, they might also be like very casual friends, and 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 that could have been part of it too. But yeah, like quite literally, because I remember coming up on a picture of that person. Mm. Uh, talking about the process and being like, I, I was, you know, I, I, like, was really grateful to get a chance to audition for this part. It meant a lot to me. Blah 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 blah. Um, this very sweet post, and I, I don't remember how I came across it, but I believe we have mutual friends, and and I, they had tagged Miss Fame, and they were like, "Thank you for you know, painting my face for this thing." <laughs> and I was like, "That is amazing." And and all that did to me was make me go like fuck I showed up like literally I think I put a little bit of black like eyeshadow on for the most part but I I wanted to give them something very different because I I had this feeling the sneaking suspicion that like because it's such an iconic Mm -hmm. role you know people really want to put everything that they have into it and I was like well I can put everything that I have into this emotionally and physically as an actor and as Mm -hmm. a performer and hopefully that will be enough and they'll be able to see past my age and be able to you know kind of add the Drag on to me later um, and realize that there is kind of this gender confused, broken human mm-hmm. being in front of them that isn't wearing all this glitz and glam there. and, you know, kind of just see the source material. <laughs> um, and it worked. It worked, yeah. They uh, literally, again, they called on their lunch break and they were like, um, Mason's our front runner. Like, we really, really would love to have them come to the workshops because for roles like this, occasionally, they'll set it up in a way where you don't just do traditional callbacks they'll like legitimately set up a situation where you are actually like doing material from the show in costume or or with you know some with sort other of, actors and- yeah and so with this show it is it's a it's a one person show and so they really wanted to make sure that we could handle it vocally and all of mm-hmm. those things so they like not only taught me the choreography to a bunch of the numbers in heels and all of that stuff, but they also like had me show up to um, like a kind of it was it was a recording studio that also had a performance space uh-huh. within it, and I did you know like bit, pretty much half an hour of material from the show with the full band behind me and a microphone in drag, like in front of you know Stephen Trask and the and the and the folks that were sort of you know a part of the of the creation of this, of the show. And it was really surreal to kind of like <laughs> be in a performance context almost, you know, in your final auditions and, and really show them what it might look like if you were the person on uh, stage. I mean, I, I think that sounds
0: like, I mean, I'm, I don't know the whole musical theater mm-hmm. um, process. Uh, and to me, that makes the most sense. You yeah. go, cool, get you in front of the right, the, the people that are involved in it and go, just do it. Yeah. Like, just do do the thing, because how are they gonna know you can do the thing unless you right. do the thing? You could have smashed the audition with those songs, and then you do it, and there's like key elements of it that that someone who's there can't do. And so until you put in that situation, yeah, yeah, they they're never gonna know. It. And then you smashed it clearly.
2: Yeah, and then they, yeah, they asked me to do it. I did like two of those workshops, and I was uh, uh, doing another show at the same time back in Pittsburgh. So I had to like fly into New York at like four in the morning, do the audition in the morning and then fly back to make it in time for the performance at night. And I was really scared that like, I just was, I was going to be shit, you know, because I was waking up at like 4am and then putting drag on, like on the train, on the subway. And like, it was, it was ridiculous, but they, you know, I got it and was with that show. I I was the standby. So, um, you know, you usually standbys are like, um, m- very useful in in a context where you have a very famous person <laughs> playing the lead because they do you know like seven shows or whatever and then the standby usually gets like one of those the the eighth mm-hmm. um, and so in this context we had Darren Chris was our was our first Hedwig and he had done you know he had done it uh, on Broadway prior to uh, to us like remounting all of it and doing it on tour and everything. So he was very familiar with it and such a, you know, incredible, welcoming person to to sort of act with or well, you know, never with to, be. We're, <laughs> we're, yeah, to be to, pretend <laughs> you ought to be Um person. uh so I, I really yeah, I adored I adored that process, but that was the beginning of Hedwig, and so since then, I I've revisited the role and um, and probably will again because you 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 did it when you were not the understudy, didn't you? You you were were
0: the for a production of it, you were the lead.
2: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um. And we yeah we did it recently in D.C. during the pandemic, so it was one of the few you know, shows that were actually running and having audiences come see it. And that was a really cool time to do Mm -hmm. Hedwig because I think she she, uh, functions best under extreme, like, incredible circumstances <laughs> yeah where you're like oh of course this is how you are the one that i'm watching perform because the world has fallen apart like it <laughs> totally makes sense that in like a post-apocalyptic way that like hedwig would be the only person that is actually performing that i still she's go still see. going right like this motherfucker is it will not stop <laughs> um so that that was really fun because the given circumstances of the of the original you know musical i think just like fits so well in a COVID context um and then all the jokes are just you know it's endless you can just add in so much material about the last year that
0: is i think there's one of the you've and you've done the mc from Cabaret as well We'll get to that because that's my 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 dream role so i am here to steal your your lifeblood and become you um Um, <laughs> so you sort of done all the sort of dream queer roles In, ter- mm-hmm. in terms of musical theatre Other than, I guess I mean, I wouldn't even say it was a queer role Tamblad, But uh, all the kind of drag yeah. roles um, I mean, I think there are characters that are not undermined By putting people in drag But Hedwig, Frank and uh, the MC mm-hmm. Are kind of the I don't know, some sort of holy trinity of, of gender ambiguous. Yeah. <laughs> bizarre lots of made up characters. Would you would you say so?
2: Yeah, I think that they literally are the B- Bermuda Triangle of like <laughs> gender non queer roles. queer roles, yeah. And and it's cool cuz so many different kinds of people can play the parts and sort of approach them from different perspectives, but I think that like having real life experience with gender fuckery whether that's like you know through drag or through like genuine transness or through you know kind of being gender queer like i think that those roles really do sing the best when someone who comes from like a non super cis heteronormative background. um, Which I'm assuming a lot of musical theater is. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. In reality, you know, and so it's, it's fun that those parts are so iconic and so famous, but I think that they really, I mean, they just function even more beautifully when someone who has the experience of kind of a, of a, of a gender playful life mm-hmm. um, can embed that into the character's experiences because it, it just relates to each individual one, you know. Like,
0: and they're, they're, they're quite, all quite delicious. Like you're saying, yeah. that with, 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 with those experiences, with it, it's all what? of them have just, there's so much depth. And I mean, again, other than we've so, I sort of slagged off Frank a little bit, saying <laughs> they didn't have a lot, but you know, on surface level, Frank is very dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, the MC in Cabaret, which. Oh. I think it's possibly the most deliciously wicked, playful, impish, unsettling character in in a popular musical theatre <laughs> show because it is a popular show. This is right. not a, a some bizarre off Broadway uh, independent thing. It, the, that character is is very much given a spotlight in a in a huge show. Yeah um yeah it's like that that for me is sort of that kind of, i mean there's so many interpretations of it but every single one really has something that will, f- for me personally really sets like a fire and i go oh i find it just even just looking at someone playing the mc i i i find it so meaty i think is is probably the it's just there's so much to get into and and and, and, and yeah everyone's approach to it is very different so your one was on on face value uh, quite frightening Yeah, yeah. Spooky. Um, Whereas, so I saw it with Eddie Redmayne in London, and Eddie was very sort of grotesque and contorted, but not that... uh, They were very strange, which I loved, but they weren't that aggressive. Mm -hmm. Your one from the clips and, and, and videos I've seen is much more... Demonic, maybe I think is. <laughs> would you say this
2: is fair? I th- yeah no, I definitely would have would have self identified as a demon by the end of the show. I think. <laughs> it's because you've done it for so long. You were yeah, gonna, oh, fuck like, "I'm gonna kill all of you." Right? Yeah. No, I think that um, that what was fun about that part and the way that it's structured is that, like, like in the first act, you know, I think the show works the best when you forget. What's coming? Yes. Uh,
0: See so when I when I when I saw it recently, I again I'd sort of you get led into a false sense of security that everything's yeah. all it's all very silly and very cabaret, and it's all this you're at this wonderful show and da 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 yeah. da, da da da, and then and then the end of Act One happens, and then Act Two happens. <laughs> Uh,
2: <laughs> and then everyone lives a happily ever yes. after. Um, <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it 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 makes the ending far more powerful and poignant I think if the audience goes along on this ride where They're they're swept away in the magic of the world just as the characters are, you know, just as Sally and and Cliff are kind of, like, sucked into the seedy, exciting, you know, kind of fun that is that Weimar (laughs) time period. Like, you, you need to be swept up in it as an audience as well, so... The MC kind of is the conduit of so much of that fun and so much of that trickery mm-hmm. revolves around that character. I think being deeply charismatic and exciting mm-hmm. and and juicy and sensual in the beginning and, they're, and then turning—they're they're
0: <laughs> a, con- a conductor. Yeah, it's like the, or a, a puppet master. I think actually mm-hmm. is a, a pretty good um, explanation on, on that. In that, <clears throat> also with, that you were saying it—it sort of swept up into the Weimar thing. Is that a lot of people, particularly period pieces uh, or references to the period, sometimes don't. They make it look like a hell of a lot of fun without the really horrible bits yeah sometimes you're like especially things that just use the image or a vibe they're like ah, it's all champagne and blah, blah. and then again what i like about cabaret is that it, it does give you all of that and you think oh this is a life i could live and you're like oh no the nazis are here <laughs> um and then it all goes horror, and it's just so it's so bleak mm-hmm. and uh yeah, Bleak is, and, and real, and it's one of those shows that, I mean, everyone always says this, when it gets revived, they say, this is a show for now, it's really commenting on now, because these, you know, this these unpleasant political things are always happening. Yeah.
2: Uh, and I don't think it will ever not be relevant. It's a show that definitely, I mean, the reason that it has survived as long as it has beyond you know kind of being iconic you know in in the musical theater world i think is because of the poignancy and the relevancy of you know the the topics of the of the conversation that the piece is attempting to have with you know an audience will forever be relevant so long as systems you know exist where you know people are being kind of uh, hunted or politicized or um, or people are being complicit like every every theme that we experience in most I think countries that are kind of having strange political uproars. Uh, I don't w- think anyone is politically <laughs> um, settled <laughs> anywhere. no and that's and that's why the show, hits, you know, to this day, because like when we, when I was doing, you know, the role, it was during like the peak of, of the Trump administration and watching an audience in America kind of grapple with the conversations around, you know, white nationalism and, and Nazis, uh, in a time where we were having those same conversations in real, like in real time, was harrowing and is something unlike anything i've ever experienced and and
0: and the show has a way of uh you, you mentioned the word complicit mm-hmm. uh there, there there is certainly a moment in i mean in your one there's 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 a few moments but in the one i saw there's one particular moment i don't want to give it away because the production is still going on mm-hmm. but where where the audience are they would go you know and what part would you play in this? Uh, you right. know, straight to the face, and you had a, a lovely one. I don't know if it's again. I don't want to spoil it, but your is it online? Your yeah, whole yeah, production, so uh, you, you'd be able to see. It. You know, search Mason Alexander Park Cabaret. I'm sure it will, <laughs> sure <laughs> it will pop up. up. Uh, but it's yeah, the show really does put a mirror to the audience. Yeah, uh, really. <laughs> I mean, in your one, quite literally, yes, quite literally, a giant, beautiful, but quite reflective.
2: <laughs> fuck off mirror yeah and that's you know in the in the original in the original production like how prince had that the whole back of the stage was a massive mirror that would that would tilt so the audience could really see themselves by the end of the of the night and uh and that to me is what the show is like you know it really it really does revolve around trying to Energize and and wake the audience up in a way by being like these atrocities have happened. You just like witnessed all of mm. all of it in front of you, and you know what happens in this story. And you had a real great time, like with all the other stuff. So what are you going to do about it now? Like what what can you as an audience member? And do that about is this where the life? audience are left. And that's when they go. Well, uh, I'm going to grab my shit and I'm going to go. Yeah. Gonna, <laughs> uh, where did we park the car? I'm going to go home.
0: Uh, but I, I mean, cabaret is. As an art form in general, I think has a way of holding a mirror to to people. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's you know sort of three penny opera as well uh, yeah. for, uh, for the for the time. Um, that's you know sort of what like 20 28 twenty twenty eight nineteen twenty eight mm-hmm. twenty nine. Um, it's it's a satire of, of current day uh, and and cabaret as as okay, as a genre and particularly singers and, and some people who speak more. I think have an easier um, way of using that method because they've got sort of longer form um things with it. But yeah, cabaret as a genre just it's it's always sort of held that and I find that it has variety shows in particular have like little bursts of popularity again, particularly in times of recession. Yeah. Which is a three penny uproar. The idea was that it could be put on cheap, anyone could go see it. Exactly. You know, a catchy theme, you know, catchy thing. Yeah. Everyone knew it. <laughs> you could go afford to see it because it was always, you know, the productions were cheap and it uh, these things boom. At times of economic recession, and at the moment the UK is fucked, so my career is going to go great. Yeah, you're, uh, you're golden, baby. <laughs> oh, everyone's poor. It's time for some cabaret. <laughs> um, a, a bit of a bit of a, a curveball. Now, right. So we've you've done all the queer roles. <laughs> uh, got them all. You got them all, and you thought, you know what? Now it's time to get on. You know, we get on a, the television. Let's take the Let's take those ones again. So I've taken all the ones in musical theater. And I you've told me this and I I don't know if you've said this in interviews uh before maybe you have of how exactly you landed the audition. For Sandman, because I think it is oh, the yeah. most gloriously cheeky thing. <laughs> and it's not even cheeky. well, it's not cheeky. It's you just not if you don't ask, you don't get would you like to tell everyone how exactly you got your Sandman audition?
2: Yeah, I was um I was in New Zealand uh getting ready to shoot a show for Netflix called Cowboy Bebop. And um I we had a quarantine for two weeks because it was peak covid like this was fall of 2020 so no one really had a handle on the things we didn't have we didn't have vaccines yet um and the only way for them to get us into the country was for us to like literally go on on essential workers contracts um because we were bringing in so much money for the local economy to help them like rebuild with you know any time a production moves somewhere on location like the money that they bring in is outstanding and for a show like this it's you know tens of hundreds of millions of dollars that like were to be had yeah. and that's a that's a really good thing in, in, in moments of crisis when you're trying yeah, to when, when the
0: whole world is shut down New Zealand's right. like let's make a pretty penny
2: yeah they're like alright like we can make a we can make a movie or two so it was like <laughs> It was Us and Sweet Tooth uh, and and Lord of the Rings, I believe, were the three. New
0: Zealand keeps
2: getting this Lord of the Rings money, doesn't it? They love Lord of the Rings. Um, it, it's it, it was just like, you know, it's a no-brainer. I wanted to be in it so bad. When I was there, sidebar, I kept telling my agent, I was like, can I just be an, I just want to be an elf. Like, I, I'll, <laughs> I will hire me as an extra. I just want to be in the background of a scene with pointy ears. Please, dear God. And that didn't happen. No, it never happened. It <laughs> so, what did you
0: do with your time instead? You, you, uh, you know, you harass certain authors online. I harassed
2: a certain author online. I, uh, I was like, towards the end of my quarantine, I was starting to lose it. You know, you just kind of the way that it worked. It was so strict. We, you got off the plane, and there were people in like camouflage, like army, army folk came up and, and escort you through the airport, help you get your bags and all that stuff. And then they either put you directly in a hotel that's at the airport or on a bus to a hotel. That's, you know, a part of the program and you sit there for two weeks and they drop food off right outside your door and knock, you know, every, for every meal. Um, and you're allotted like maybe an hour of outdoor time or something, you know, a day and you have to sign up for it and stuff. Um, it's it was very interesting, and so you're you're just isolated. You're in these tiny little rooms at an airport, you know, and and eventually, you, I think most people start to kind of get a little stir crazy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you like you start to crack, and so I was at that point, and I was just kind of thinking about what was next. I was I had done like. Some callbacks from my from my hotel, you know, room because there were other projects that were kind of coming around around that time. Things I couldn't do, things I really wanted to do, but like weren't working out with the Cowboy Bebop schedule. And I was getting a little stressed, and I was like, "All right, well, I would love to, you know, find something cool to do after Cowboy Bebop." <laughs> and I've been following Neil for eons, and he was tweeting. Uh, he, he, it was one of those days where he was just sort of talking a lot about Sandman in particular. And he was like, yeah, we just started filming it like a week ago, blah, blah, blah. And he had just released a lot of kind of newfound information. And it reminded me essentially that Sandman was even being made because I had forgotten that it was in the works. And I was like, oh my God, I forgot that this thing was a thing that was happening Usually they would have a cast, I'm sure by now, but maybe because desire doesn't really come in until later on in the first, you know, few uh, comics that like they haven't found that actor yet because like they wouldn't be starting in the middle, you know, on the shoot. Um, I'm just going to tweet him and I'm going to ask. And so at like four in the morning, you know, New Zealand time, I was like, hey, Neil, so... Uh, <laughs> hey, Neil. Hi, Neil. Um, Would you happen to know uh, <laughs> is Desire going to make an appearance in season one? And if so, have you found that actor yet? Um, Like, you know, wink, wink. And and he replied within 15 minutes and was just kind of like, yeah, Um, Desire is going to be in season one because it goes all the way through a doll's house, which is, you know, Desire's first like big storyline um and then uh and and this is the the information for our casting director who's wonderful and uh and i was like oh my god okay so i guess i i I, let me call my agents so (laughs) okay let's 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 do a recap and paint this picture you're starting to slowly lose
0: your mind in a hotel in new zealand you're getting meals dropped off a few times a day with a knock on the door and only out left outside for an hour and then you're like all right I'm going to try and be Desire.
2: Yeah, I'm going to ask like the greatest living author if I can be <laughs> in his TV show. <laughs> and then you phoned your agent
0: and you said... Get me the endless.
2: Literally. Uh, I was like, please, this means a lot to me. I want this. Um, see if you can, you know, uh, get the ball rolling because I'll, I'll do whatever it takes. And uh, I started listening to the audiobook book um, because it had just come out. And I was like, it was a great, it was the thing that I would listen to while I took my hour long walk. Because it was this tiny, they fenced in the hotel, first of all, like it was a zombie apocalypse. <laughs> and so you're like looking at these massive fences and walking kind of just in a circle around the fence. This just sounds like you were in prison.
0: It, it was. Have a, you actually been to
2: prison? Is it this was what's kind of prison in. adjacent. You know, it was, we called it the yard because it was hilariously like small and prison like. You're yeah, there um, working out in the corner. Like, <laughs> literally. Tattoo, tattoo of a tear on your face. People were like running in the tiniest circles like as fast as they could doing push-ups trying to run away from the problems yeah (laughs) <laughs> trying to run away from COVID, they were like, "I don't want to catch this. Yeah. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna run in a circle." <laughs> um, but it was funny because it was like you'd walk out the door and there was a handful of people like smoking in the corner, and then the rest of the people were just either like w- walking with like a book or something, trying to like make sure that their, I don't know, bones didn't turn to mush yeah. <laughs> in the time that they were inside because we couldn't like use the gym or anything, you know, and there was no room in the actual rooms to. Like I could barely do yoga in that room. Like I could put down a small yoga mat and do like sit ups, but there was there's nothing. And yeah, so a bit. So yeah, that that hour was very important to everybody. And I would listen to the audiobook on my walk and um and I just got really excited for it. And then we started filming Cowboy Bebop and that took a few months and I literally I f- completely forgot about, you know, the the Sandman. But you and, had done an audition. Um I hadn't done anything oh. yet. Yeah. I just I just told, you know, Just told my agents to try to see what they could do, Um, and so weeks go by. I think like maybe two months go by before I hear anything back, and it's like the I'm I'm in the middle of shooting, you know, a bunch of a bunch of my stuff as Gren, and it's a really busy week, and they're like, okay, so by the way, you know, uh, (laughs) they they're willing to you know they want to see you. (laughs) Here's the sides, you know, like shoot the audition and send it back like in the next twenty four hours. Um, which was tight. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you are currently in space. Literally in John outer Cho. space. It's John Cho, isn't
0: it? John Cho is yeah.
2: fully in outer space with me.
0: Yeah, you're, you're, you're in outer space with, with John Cho and a Pomeranian. And,
2: <laughs> no, it's a Corgi, isn't it? <laughs> it was a Corgi, but a Pomeranian would have uh, been amazing. See, again, it's one of those
0: things I wasn't familiar with Cowboy Bebop, but then you were in it. I was like, I'm going to watch
2: this. <laughs> I enjoyed it
0: very much. Anyway, so you're in space with John Cho and, and a Corgi. And, um, and then they're like, right, get back to Earth.
2: Yeah. You've got 24 hours. Shoot this thing. So I literally, I asked... Um, uh Tamara Tooney, who plays Anna on Bebop, uh, who runs the bar that I that I like mainly exist in, um, She was also a fan of Sandman and like discovered it when she was younger and was like so taken by death and was like, oh, I would love to play that character one day um, if they ever made it into a movie or a TV show. And so I was like, well, they're making it into a movie or a TV show. Will you help me get one of the other endless? And, uh, so she read despair. It was a scene between desire and despair. Um, and she read it with me and was delicious and so spooky and so good. Um, and, uh, and I did it like three times with her and I was like, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know if it'll get any better. Like, it's just, I like to be the kind of person that just tries it and then sends it off and hopes that like enough of who I am is, is good enough to make the thing, you know. It's a very healthy approach. Yeah, right? as opposed to like, I feel like it's easy to spiral. It.
0: Oh, I mean, the very few auditions I've done, I, I will keep doing it and keep doing and keep doing it, And then I'll stress over the best one Mm-hmm. And, they set it off, and then I'll be like horrified that I even attempted to do it because it it took me so many times to do it because I was criticizing every little thing. Yeah. And actually, the one the one thing I got was that Life After Life series, and I did that in like one take, mm-hmm. the audition, and I got it. But anything that I've tried really hard, never got.
2: Yeah, that's in my experience. The things that came to me the easiest were the ones that I spent. Uh, the less uh, like critical energy on and the ones that I just kind of enjoyed and did really fast and didn't like spend um, too much time, you know, like memorizing or, or breaking it down in like a really intense way. Because like, I I, I I, don't know, I find that, yeah, I will go down the hole and I will just spend hours on something. Um, and that's not necessarily healthy if what all that you're doing all the time is auditioning for things and it clearly wasn't really working for me as well as my current approach because like my whole life has dramatically shifted ever since I've like decided to Mm -hmm. enjoy the process of auditioning more and not like make it every single thing and you know uh, so I, I kind of just like had fun with it and did a few and was like, this is going to be, one of these will be good enough. And I rewatched them and I was like, oh, my eyelash is literally falling off. All <laughs> of these. So can you come back downstairs and let's just do one? I just promise I'll just ask for one and that's it. And so she came downstairs and we, I did one after I fixed my eyelash and then that's the one that I sent in. Um. And I heard back a few weeks later, it was like, I literally, the, I think two or three days after I finished Cowboy Bebop and I landed in Los Angeles and, and, uh, my agent was like, your, your desire, you got it. Um, no call. How does that, how does that, how does that make you feel when you get that call? You're just like,
0: oh, I'm very tired. I've just been filming Cowboy Bebop. <laughs> and then your agent goes, hello, you are one
2: of the endless. I, I was so, I geeked out so hard, like. I I don't know. That was one of the coolest. I mean, they've all been very special. You know, I remember the feeling of getting Cowboy Bebop and I remember the feeling of of getting this show. But there was just something really special. I was like sleeping on my best friend's couch, like very being as unglamorous as I possibly can. Um, And... It was just a really cool thing to like wake up very early in the morning to like a nice phone call from my agent who's like, "Yeah, you know, we don't. I have no information other <laughs> than uh, you're the part. Um, was, no, no, no recall, no.
0: No, second. yeah, just straight. Yeah, oh, perfect. Uh, do you, Do you know who else went for it? I don't because I, I should ask. <laughs> yeah, because so is there anything you've gone for that you have really and you didn't get and you look and you see that person playing and you think? I fucking hate you.
2: <laughs> I'm sure there has been. I feel like I remember that feeling. But but it's all so far away that I don't necessarily... There's definitely been parts that I've auditioned you're, What you're for. trying to
0: say in a polite way is, I'm Desire now, fuck all of you. Yeah. Like, I got I forgot about it all. <laughs> How dare you. <laughs>
2: um, no, I just, I l- quite literally... I'm drawing a blank because I know I know the emotion. I know what it feels like to like really want a thing and then see the person that gets it and then be like, "Damn!" Would you say you desired, I desired it? <laughs> <laughs> I would have been really upset. I think, or not really upset, but, but I it, would have been really sad to see this part uh, yeah. kind of slip I through. I mean, clearly you were uh, right for it. My is, is that is
0: there something you've auditioned for and then you've seen it afterwards and gone, "No, actually, they were right."
2: <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, that's totally
0: probably happened. You go, no 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 big I can't remember big queer anything I've roles. For. I literally
2: can't remember anything important that I've auditioned for um yeah I mean the, the most recent I remember like before quantum leap. I was kind of auditioning for a few things, and I remember like going in for like the Queers folk reboot and stuff, and like knowing people who were involved in that. Not, no, and, not anime. Uh, no, like uh, completely not where where I've been. You're
0: you staying in the geek world now. Yeah, they and like, they will look
2: after you so well. <laughs> yeah, the the actual Queers are like fuck off uh, yeah, go but, back to yeah. nerd land nerd. <laughs> go back to
0: space loser
2: <laughs> but like the cast that you know the people that they put in the, in those parts i'm like oh yeah that's totally seems like so much fun um but yeah it, it, there there aren't really any iconic um roles i think that i've lost that i would have like that would have completely changed my life if i if i really think back that i didn't end up getting
0: I would say you're a very fortunate person, yeah. As well,
2: and, but all, I mean, it is talent as well. I'm not not like
0: not in any way suggesting that this is all just being handed to you. And I just think it's it's so lovely to see that sort of queer success because it would have been very easy for them to to throw this to to a, a sort of heteronormative mm-hmm. cisgendered uh, man. Yeah, uh, a lot of these roles. So I I think it's. It's one of those things, I think, I mean, you probably get it now, the, the messages, but I think there are going to be people looking, particular desire because it's a, a totally genderless mm-hmm. role and all sort of visibly queer, aspiring people who want to get into acting and look and go, there is a place for me. Look at them. Yeah. Look at them. And I think that's going to be
2: absolutely, uh, I can't wait to see it. I, I hope so, because I I wouldn't be in this industry if it weren't for those moments, you know, myself. Like, if it weren't for Hedwig, you know, for instance, if I had never seen someone like John Cameron Mitchell, you know, play a role that is
0: so dynamic. But there also would have been people that saw you. Yeah. And then it's, I love that, that cycle of yeah. of, of the people that inspire and then. Those ones that were inspired go on to inspire, and it is just that's what keeps it all all alive and and and, and beautiful. And I think, uh, was there?
2: A, have you had a moment where you've gone, I've made it? Um, no, not not professionally. I, I feel like part of the fun is is there never ever being an it, you know?
0: Yeah, I find it because str- there's. I think for for some people they'll. La- I guess. With with acting stuff, it's kind of it post the fact that people go, "Oh no, that was the moment." Yeah, <clears throat> they. I mean, when Sandman comes out, uh, I I, get, I think because the my sort of like fame is reality TV, so it's very very different kind of being recognised, right? So I'm curious how your because this show's going to be unbelievably huge. It, it, we we know this, right? Um, I'm curious how lo- your life is going to change on the kind of day to day be- mm. because of it, and because you're playing such an integral
2: character to it. I hope that I'll, I, I, I think that I'll be able to slip under the radar still a little bit because. Thankfully, desire is so heightened and like beautiful. And in real life, I'm kind of like this scrummy little gremlin person with glasses. <laughs> so I think that like the only identifying feature will be my hair. Because like no, I mean you do have the day, same face. I do have the same you face. You have the same person. I, have the, I am the same person. But like desire is made up and like in a beautiful like cat suit like costumes and that sort of thing. And like I feel like glasses change everything. You know, I put yes, on these little do. I'm like Superman. Look at fucking Superman. Clark Kent. <laughs> You'll super No them. one knows who he is. You'll <laughs> super them. Exactly. <laughs> super them. I am the super them. So I I think that like Mason Alexander Park is the Clark Kent, you know, persona. Like my day-to-day, I might be able to slip through things for a while. Um cuz Quantum Leap is the only show in my entire career where I'm going to probably look like myself, like like fully like just my day-to-day basic self. Because I do look like desire at times, like when I want to, and when I'm putting a little more effort in. But on average, like I don't want to put contacts in my... <laughs> if my eyes, if I don't have to, so, same. So because of that, I don't really wear a lot of makeup, and like uh. wear, you know, because like the combination of like round specks and and like a lip don't always. Oh, I think work it's got a me. gorgeously Weimar quality <laughs> to it. I mean,
0: you, you you're saying slipping under the radar. You keep going to comic book shops and well, buying yeah. issues of the Sandman. Yeah. So I
2: think you you, you are putting yourself in, in, these, in these positions. Yeah. Well, that's on purpose. I feel like now's my chance. I'm like, now's the time that I can enjoy the comic book experience, like the comic book store experience and kind of be, you know, quiet and and unnoticed and buy things that I enjoy. And also I've been trying to collect a full, you know, a full...
0: Oh, and set. you you did—you nearly had a full set of Sandman, didn't you? You were missing one,
2: one issue,
0: issue. And that issue was just so impossible to find, wasn't it? Yeah, I yeah. looked high
2: and low, and it's a very expensive issue because it's uh, Death's First Appearance, number eight. And... Uh, and a dear friend, I don't know if you know uh, <laughs> uh, 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 Joe Black, but they uh, <laughs> found it at a local comic book store. Did. Right I did. I, I went in
0: there and me with my no Sandman knowledge fucking mouth walked in and went, hello, mate. Um, have you got uh, a friend of mine's looking for a uh, Sam man? Uh, I think it's a, uh, it's Def's. Uh, First appearance What happened <laughs> to uh, Abbott And then the man pulled down a box And there it was And then I said Can you hold that for me for a second I just need to send a text <laughs> And then I text you and I said I have found number eight And you just said I'll take it all in <laughs> capital letters, and I went and uh, you know I went back and got it, and then sent you a lovely text and said you are now the proud owner
2: owner of Sandman number eight. Yeah, you completed my uh, my Sandman collection. I've been I've only been getting them in person from you know comic book stores that I can actually visit, and and uh, support that's
0: lovely as well, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, supports well- the.
2: It's nice. It's better than, like, you know, I, I remember buying, like, a bunch of the, the like, thick collections and stuff online. Mm. And, and I was kind of like, you know, it'd be really nice to support, like, local, local shops and not just collect everything from the internet. So I started in Nova Scotia because I was visiting Alice um, while she was shooting The Sinner. Uh, and plug, I plug, plug, I plug, 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 See it on Netflix. They, yeah, they uh, are they worldwide.
0: Are, yeah, they are fantastic. <laughs> it's um.
2: so spooky and so good. But um, but yeah. So Alice was shooting the center for about six months in in Nova Scotia, and I went and visited after I finished the Sandman. And I went on an errand, and there was a comic book store, you know, across the street, and I popped in and. I just I asked for pretty much everything that they had, which was a <laughs> Give lot. Give me all your sand, man. It was, it was a lot of sand, man. Um, but they gave me, like I think, about 20 issues for free. And I felt I was so honored, but I also felt they, so they, bad. But the,
0: the cast announcement had happened by yes, this point. Yes, right, yeah, right, yeah. right.
2: So like, it was in it the It wasn't zeitgeist. just you. You were a random person that walked <laughs> in, and then the proprietor
0: of the comic book shop went, you there, yes. you with the blonde hair. <laughs> Tink! These books, <laughs> ma'am. Would you like these books? <laughs> <laughs> jinx. Uh, is a bit of a side thing, Is that Jinx? Uh, because they're also very, you know, non-binary and, and sort of gender ambiguous visually. <laughs> people go, ma'am, sir, ma'am, sir, <laughs> ma'am, sir, ma'am, and then people sort of flip between it. So I'm now imagining, a ma'am, 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 sir, ma'am, sir, hello, <laughs> hello,
2: you, yeah, you, human, you there, <laughs> small boy, lady, child. <laughs> 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 oh, that was a good
0: laugh. Um, but anyway, they, they said, you there, non-binary person looking yes. at the comic books, your
2: desire. Human of indiscriminate gender. What are you? Yeah, they they, uh, they, they gifted me all of these things because I was desire. And it was so lovely. And they were like, Would you? all we ask is that you just take a picture. Just in the comic book store, and I was like, "Fuck yeah, I'll take a." What do you? I was like, "I'll sign shit." Like, what do you want? I'll yeah. do anything for you at this point. You just take gave a me picture bunch of my face, free. put it on the door. Literally, I will do it. I'll, I'll be in the commercial. I'll do an ad. Yeah. Like, let's just. Um, and so, uh, and and I saw on my way out that they had a number one on the wall for like you know two hundred dollars or something, and I was like, "Well, they gave me all this free stuff. I want that. I'm going to take that." And that trip began, you know, the, the collection process. Because I, I had bought number one and they'd given me like, you know, at least 20 others. And I was like, this is, you know, maybe I should do this. So there's only 75, like I can complete this. And lo and behold, you know, like a year and a half later uh, or a year later, I have, I've finally, thanks to you, put the final and it, one in it the- it took for
0: someone who has never read <laughs> a graphic novel or comic book in their life to go to just casually wander in and go do you have this for my friend (laughs) and we did it and i am i am so proud and i'll i'll when i'm watching sandman and that when you appear i'll think um i'm so pleased i was able to in a small way be a part of that kind of uh, complete experience for
2: you. Yeah, you bookended the the whole the whole collection for me. It's fantastic. <laughs> I met you when you were over here filming it. Yeah,
0: and the next time you come, I complete your collection. So I am. You are Neil Gaiman. And, <laughs> <laughs> and then this is where I pull my skin <laughs> off. <laughs> Hello, Mason. Pulls off. I ask. can't oh, actually. I can't. I know Neil Gaiman's English. I'm trying to think what he sounds like. Hang on. Um. Oh, he's no.
2: Oh, I can hear it, but I can't yeah, do it. It's iconic and really hard to duplicate.
0: Oh, no, I can't do it. There's the amazing story I've got on vinyl of of him reading this story about a ghost story in Brighton with the evening with Neil Gaiman and Amanda Palmer thing, oh. and that's what's going on in my head. I can hear him saying the word Brighton. I can't do it. <laughs> um, before we, before we wrap up, I've yeah. got I've got two two questions. Yes, is there one thing you've done specifically that you are
2: like? the most proud of? Ooh. Um, God, that's hard because I'm, I'm so unbelievably proud of Sandman and so proud of Hedwig. I think the answer a while ago would have definitely been Hedwig just because it was kind of a life-altering mm-hmm. thing for me as an actor to sort of find a piece of art, fall in love with it, pursue, you know, that thing and then and then, finally get it um, and get a chance to meet all of these heroes, these people that were so instrumental not only in developing my voice as an artist, but also, like, my vernacular and my voice uh, in my body as an individual, you know? Like, without Hedwig, it would have taken me, I think, even longer to have an understanding of my gender identity and, and my understanding of being a non-binary individual. And so... I think that, like, that was th- always the easy answer because it, it really did just change everything for me. Um, but I did I did do this film very recently that I think is going to become that, hopefully. It depends. When I see it, I'll let you know. <laughs> but, yeah, but, all very
0: post-post. Again, like we we're
2: saying back, it's
0: post-the-fact stuff. Yeah. And then not necessarily I've made it moment, but then you look at it and go, that was amazing
2: yeah yeah and I think that this that hopefully is a project that I feel that way for because I just had such a, a reverence for the character and for the people that were making it and I just it really is a beautiful a, a beautiful film so um, I don't know I, th- I think that that might uh, take the top prize eventually
0: yeah, I, I I think maybe I've asked too hard a question because you've just been so damn good in everything <laughs> and so oh, damn and everything the thing is the stuff you've done is so <clears throat> feels so correct for you as as an individual and as as a human as an artist uh, that I think it's it's very easy for you to be proud of everything because everything was so correct for you.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think yeah. that's I mean I've got a level of positive
0: way of spinning these things. I look at me and go.
2: That's really
0: um, nice. no. And I think it's true. I, that's I'm not I'm not bullshitting you. Um, you know, I, I, I speak my truth. My truth. No, and, <laughs> and the other thing I want is is there like is there one. Is there something that is not yet made that maybe an adaption of something or a role or something that you're like, if they ever do that, I
2: want to be this? Yeah, there's a few. There's a handful of things. Um, and in different mediums, I think, too. Like stage, yeah, screen. Yeah, stage and screen. Um, and one of the biggest ones, I think, for me is I don't know if you know anything about Kiss of the Spider Woman, but. Uh, I'm I'm little little bits. Yeah. Cheetah Rivera. Yeah, Cheetah Rivera was the original Spider-Woman. It's it's a remarkable... I mean, there's a musical, there's a play, there's a movie, and there's a book. And, you know, it it comes from a book. Uh, And in the story, especially if you go back to the source material, the lead character is... Um, a, a a transgender individual, you know, they are a gender nonconforming individual who is in prison because of their identity, and it's a remarkable, remarkable, uh, film and and stage show, and I think it would make a really cool, like, independent film musical. Um, and so I'm kind of lobbying to see that get made at one point because I want to play on, that part. So Netflix. Yes. Come on,
0: Netflix. Yes. Come Netflix. Mister Netflix. Mister, this, is the uh, official. Oh, yeah. uh, head, Mister Netflix. Yes, Mister Netflix. Yes. Yeah. This is Netflix. Mister <laughs> Netflix. MX. <laughs> Netflix. MX. Mix Netflix.
2: Mix Netflix. Mix Netflix. <laughs> it's hard to say Mix Netflix next, Junior. Netflix. Mix Netflix. And what
0: would what would be the film film TV one the the, 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 the screen one.
2: Well, I think that would be oh, that would be the, yeah, yeah, would yeah, be the screen one. Said, yeah. And then stage-wise, I really I want to do Frank on Broadway really bad. I want to bring Rocky Horror back to Broadway. Oh, I fun. again this, just for some shenanigans.
0: This Sandman thing, I, I I've got a feeling in my bones spooky that you go you you're gonna be. You go, I'm also excited for like because I I follow a lot of geeks and things, and I've already seen friends talking about the Sandman trailer coming out. Mm. I can't wait to just watch. Everyone I know be horny for you.
2: Oh, th- th- I hope I hope they get real <laughs> nasty. Oh, they're going to be <laughs> nasty, right?
0: On that note, thank you so much. It has been a pleasure you. to chat to you. Um, and I'm glad I could catch you while you were here before. Um, you can't leave the house because everyone's baying to uh, have sexual relations with you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for joining me thank right you. You ready to make out
2: <laughs> thanks <laughs> bye bye
0: and that's that uh thank you very much for listening what a joy it was to talk to mason um one of my favourites to record. It was so, so fun. Listening back, I was like, oh, this is nice. Uh, yeah, I loved it. Um, so, yeah, be sure to follow me and Mason on the socials. Please rate and subscribe to the podcast. Five stars, please. And, um, and this 10 is an option. And, um, I'm, again, I'm going on tour uh, with Club Cataclysm in October and November 2022. Um, so please do come to that Unless it's in the future In which case Use a time machine uh, Yes 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 And then next week We're returning with another guest Which is one that When they said yes I died a little inside Because I was just so shocked That we managed to get them So I shall see you next week uh, Love you okay Love you love you Goodbye Good. good goodbye Goodbye G- Goodbye now. now Bye bye now Bye Bye
1: Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers.